Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's talk about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday Army, let's go! Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Taco Tuesday. Let's talk about insurance. Um, my name is Christian Brindle. He's Glenn Shelton, although sometimes on the replay, it actually shows that I'm pointing this way, even when I really pointed this way. Um, so I think you guys get the picture. He's Glenn Shelton. And this is another edition of Taco Tuesday. Um, Glenn, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I've got what appears, if you're watching this, it looks like I just mowed into a burrito, you guys. It's not. It's a wrap. If you've been with us since January, Christian said I wouldn't keep this trend going. It's March. The trend's still going. (laughs) I'm, I'm alive to prove Christian wrong. That's what I'm here for, you guys. So. Well, I mean, someone has to, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a lot of things that we need to talk about on this topic here today. And I know we only have so much time to do it. Um, First things first, I wanted to ask you, and and this might not come out until maybe a ways out, right? From when we actually talk about this, but how is your bracket doing? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. (laughs) My bracket. (laughs) Um, you know, I did more research this year. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did more research this year than I ever have. Again, like hosting this tournament. I wanted to look good. I wanted to, you know, like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm picking. That first day, it was just a bloodbath. I had Iowa going to the final four. Iowa loses to a 12 seed Richmond spiders. I didn't even know Richmond, Virginia had a D one (laughs) school. And of course, other people were like sending me screenshots of the bracket. They're like, oh, yeah, I picked Richmond. I'm like, okay, okay. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a, an experience as we go through the tournament and see who won the Lead Heroes 10K giveaway. I hope you guys got in on that. Um, we have Huge opportunity. Yeah, over 100 people who went through the whole thing. You know, you had to opt in fill out a bracket and share the contest page. So it's about a 1% chance of someone winning 10 grand. I mean, that's huge. That's ridiculous. Like I'm excited. I mean, I, I hope it's a new agent. I hope it's a new agent. I really do. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Anybody that saw that and didn't take advantage of that. Um, you're foolish if you didn't, because 
how long does it take to fill out a bracket? Right. And I'll put myself in there too. I didn't do it. So I'm yeah, foolish, I, know. I was going to say shame on you, <laughs> but it's mainly just because I don't know how to fill out a bracket. Like I'm that incompetent with this stuff. I really don't it's know. Autofill. You heard we were on. Uh, yeah, I learned that. I learned that, yeah, yesterday. learned that yesterday on the insurance sucks podcast. Which, yeah. I mean, I could have done autofill. I didn't even realize that's that was right, an option. I would have done that. Click the button. I would have done that because yeah, five, there was a, five there was minutes. A it was it was about a five minute entry, start to finish. I'd say you could, you know, unless you took a bunch of time, you could have literally went from entry to done in five minutes. I feel like we should do something special for NBA playoffs. I don't think they do like the same kind of like picks, like brackets and everything like that. But why not? I love the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I, you. I mean, the. The tough part with the brackets on the NBA is that the way the seating works, it's not like a true bracket, like the NCAA seating, but you, we could do, I'd love to do something with that. I mean, that's, that's in about two months, you know, roughly. So we got a little bit of time, but I would love, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about the playoffs this year for the NBA. If, if, if you asked me last season, which two teams would make it to the finals out of each conference, I would, I, I, I might've picked Milwaukee. I, I, I would have picked Nets. I thought that, I thought it was the Nets here. For I, sure. I thought, I thought the Nets would probably do it too, but like, I would be on the fence between Nets and Milwaukee. Like it would be, it would be a, I'd oh. have to put the thought into it between those two, but I never would have ex- expected Phoenix. Right. So I don't know. It just seems, I mean, a lot of years, you know, what teams are going to the finals, right? Like for years, you knew it was Cavs and Warriors pretty much. Right. right. Like every single year or multiple years, but I don't know. I feel Stuff like this year could be yeah, a lot of people. Could be a lot of teams. I, I love the Grizzlies. If I, I, like I, I don't know if they'll make it, they'd have to go through some powerhouse teams. They'd have to get through golden state. They have to get through the Suns. but if they, if they get to the ship, I think they win. I do. I would, I would like to see it. I mean, so we talked a little while ago about picks like as of right now my picks right now and we can go back and laugh at how wrong i am um a couple months from now yeah but my picks to go to the finals out of the west i kind of low-key like the mavericks did you see that game the other day yeah i did it was awesome that three ball at the end by uh yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, he's did been a good addition. Cube, did you see cubes on the floor, bro? Yes. He's immediately rushes the floor. I'm like, come on. I'm like, <laughs> what other owner rushes the floor after their team hits a game winner? Like, nobody. So they they <clears throat> they started off the year kind of disappointing, but now they're like an upper seed at the time of recording this. They've been playing really well. Luca's playing really well. Luca's like, playing at the top of his game right now. Yeah, like I love that. I love. I like that team a lot. Like I thought, I didn't know why they got rid of Porzingis, but it seems like it was a good thing. Um, I liked him, but see, I I have trouble because I liked him a lot last year, and they flopped on me. This is true. So I have, I feel it's one of those things where it's like you burned me last year. I don't know if I can, if I can still go, but they do look better. They look better this year than they did last year. They a hundred percent do. So the 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 Lakers are out of it basically. Like if they make it, they're going to be like an A seed. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if the Clippers are in the running. Um, and then on the on the east side, on the east coast, 
I don't, I, I have a hard time seeing Brooklyn coming out of it because like they, they have Ben Simmons on their roster. hasn't even played yet. Yeah. What's going on with, why hasn't he played? Harden's been playing. Yeah. No, Harden's he's just playing. He's just, I don't know. He's loony. Like everything I can gather about the guy is loony. Um, I would like to see, I don't think they're going to come out of the East, but I I'd love, I, I think Boston's got a good chance. They've been on a tear lately. Boston's yeah, been Boston. playing really well. They just I, smashed. Yeah. They just smashed golden state the other night. And they beat, they beat, um, they beat Brooklyn a couple yeah. weeks ago. Like Tatum had like over 50, like, I don't know. It's hard for me to really just pick, but um, those would be my two dark horse picks, Mavericks and Boston. Sixers, my top two on the East would be, I mean, I don't, I don't believe in the Bucks at all this year. Sorry, Giannis. Uh, it's, it's 76ers. And depending, honestly, honestly, not to get into like all of this, but <laughs> if New York, if I, not to get into all of this, I know this is Taco Tuesday. There's some people out there that are like, stop talking about I the don't NBA. watch sports. I don't know what you're talking about. If New York drops the mandate and Kyrie gets to play at home, yeah, Kyrie just dropped 60 points last week. Unbelievable. In like 30 Seven minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was the, the crazy. He didn't even play like in the fourth quarter. It was yeah. Un, yeah. unbelievable. So if Kyrie gets to play at home, then it's probably the Nets because they got burned last year. So I like the Nets still. I like the Sixers. Joel, Joel Embiid, I think, is possibly the league MVP this year. He's and then on the West, right. Grizzlies and Suns. I like both of those. Golden State, maybe. Clay Thompson has bounced back pretty well from his injury from what I've seen, but Seth is kind of been hit or miss for the past two months. I don't know if we're going to get playoff Steph this year. I don't know. Is Steph just done, bro? Like, is he just too old or what? He probably doesn't have the stamina like he used to because he started off the year really strong and he's just kind of like dwindled as the year has gone on. It's been weird. he finished last year really strong, though. Like playoff Steph, I felt even though they, you know, they were shorthanded, so I kind of wasn't surprised to see him lose in the play-in last year. But I don't know. I don't know. I like. I'm excited though. And we, we definitely need to do some type of giveaway or contest. We'll have to do something big, um, and we'll have to figure out an, an easy way to do it. Not to derail the whole show, you guys. I just <laughs> took over it and pushed it into NBA playoffs. But um, we're losing. We're literally, it's like subscriber count is going down right now. <laughs> um, we have a really great episode today, and I want to <laughs> take any time away from it. But, um, and, that's, and that's agent of record changes. And I also wanted to include in, into the topic there, Re, is it what is it ethical or moral or is there anything wrong with rewriting a client that has an agent because this seems to be a big point of contention with a lot of agents yes glenn what is your thoughts on that topic right there do you think it's right or wrong so <laughs> <laughs> like okay here you're like handing the loaded gun to me you're like here you go you shoot first buddy let's see how you do Um, so my experience as an agent, I guess we'll start there. First, first of all, I didn't even know this was a thing for like 18, my first 18 months, 
I had no idea that because I can't tell you how many times I came across policies where I, I could have talked about it. Times where even a, a prospect says to me, I don't have an agent, but this is my policy, right? Like that conversation happened many times. And I was always like, okay, well, see ya. You already got, you know, like you already got something. On the life insurance side, it's not as big of a conversation because the renewals are a lot of times not existent. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a bigger deal on the Medicare side since the income is really in the renewal stream. The bottom line, though, is that there is 100% ethical reasons to do this. There's times when there was no agent. It was a call center rep who doesn't keep in touch or have any care in the world with that individual who would love to have a real agent, whether you're local or over the phone. So, you know, sometimes there's orphans where they don't have an agent. Sometimes they have an agent, but they've never talked to that agent. And, And as an agent, are you really... Are you really benefiting <laughs> as an agent? Are you really benefiting your client if you never talk to them ever again? Shouldn't you be keeping in contact with your client and following up with them on their needs? How's their policy doing? They have questions about their policy. You know, hey, how's little Ricky doing? Like that's it's kind of an old school thing, but the reality is, even if you're a new school agent selling over the phone, you can still have these touches and and these conversations, these relationships without all of your time being used. That's a whole nother topic. Um, but I would say there's, there's a very good reason to do an agent of record change, but there's also bad ways of doing an agent of record change too. There are agents, unfortunately, who are unethical and they utilize it in an immoral way. Um, so I'll kind of hand the gun back to you now. And you can, you can take it. Yeah, there you go. And now you, can, you can tell us, Christian Brenna, what you think of agent record changes. So I think there is two com- different conversations that need to be had here. Yeah. On the flip side, there's a situation where the client might be on the best plan for them, or maybe they can't change for whatever reason. And maybe it's on the Medicare side anyway. I can't speak to as much on the, the final expense side or anything like that, but Um, on the Medicare side of things, a lot of carriers won't even let you do agent of record changes. So let's, let's, let's get that out there as well. But there are certain ones that do, right? There's a couple of big name ones that will um, without naming any names. Um, And there's a lot of regional carriers that do do that. And and some carriers, you can only do it during AEP, some carriers, you can do it all year round. So it's not to say that there's a, a huge uh, majority of carriers that you can do agent of record changes on, maybe even like you could five, six years ago. It's not as, it's not as common. Um, most carriers, if you run into somebody during OEP, let's say, and they're on a plan with a certain carrier and the carrier might have multiple plans in the market and they're similar, right? Do that, run into that a ton in my market. Um, we'll flip them to other plans with the same carrier if they don't have an agent, right? Or maybe they, they feel like they want to work with us. They see the benefit in our service, right? Um, on the other side, the second conversation would be somebody that has an agent. They have somebody that works with them, somebody that they actually don't have a problem with their level of service, but you see a crack in the armor in terms of them being on the best plan. I think this is where people get the most um, heated about this conversation is when like they have an agent, 
they feel like they, they go out of their way to be a good agent. They provide good accommodating services and someone comes in and just swipe, takes it away. Um, this is my opinion on it. And I'm, I'm going to give my opinion to both sides of the coin. Obviously, I think it's a pretty open and shut conversation that if you, there's no agent involved and you do an agent of record letter or you replace the policy, there's nothing wrong with that if you're doing the client a service, right? If they're getting right. better service or better coverage or both, then I think that's a pretty open and shut conversation. I think anyone that disagrees with that, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand the argument against it. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say anymore. <laughs> like that. I don't, I don't understand the argument against that right there. Right. Um, I think the most controversial part of it is taking the client when they have an agent and the agent is actively working with that person. And my answer to that would be, I don't have loyalty to every contracted or um, licensed agent in the country. I'm a business person. This is business. And if I can give the person a better plan and they're not, and you didn't do that, you gave me the opportunity to take your client. So I'm thinking, as you were talking there, like I'm thinking about the most contentious, like client. I had it. There's a few there's, and I think as an agent, naturally over your career, you're, you know, if you do this long enough, you're going to run into other agents. Right. I mean, I'm sure. sure, Right. I'm sure you have. I mean, there's times where it's like I've been in and out of the house the same day as an agent. (laughs) I've had that happen multiple times. Right. Where it's like, oh, yeah, well, I just had the other insurance guy here earlier. I'm like, what other insurance? I'm like, what are you saying, Mrs. Joe? I'm like, what? It's almost like a feeling where like, oh, my husband's going to be home soon. Yeah. He husband. Exactly. You have a husband? Yeah, that's exactly. I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, here's the card. And it's like, you know, they hand me the card. And I'm like, what? Is, why am I here then? Like, what's going on? So I get it. I'm thinking one of the most contentious clients that I've had to deal with uh, the other agent was being contentious with me over the client. And it was a, a term life policy that this gentleman had. He had had it for many years. It was going to expire soon. And he was under the impression that it was permanent coverage. And I showed him, I said, let's look at your policy. And right there, the illustration, like at the front page of the policy, it shows, you know, it was like two years away from, from being, you know, falling off and the renewal was ridiculous at that point. Right. Again, very standard for term policies. If it's renewable, they charge you just an insane amount on the premium. So I told him, I said, if you were to cancel this, we could move you into what you thought you had and get you permanent coverage. And I ended up writing him a guaranteed UL it's similar to like a final expense product, right? It's universal life, but it was guaranteed. So like the premium wasn't going to change and he could have it forever. And I remember feeling like I really did the client a service, right? Like they thought they had something they didn't. I didn't. And I, and by the way, guys, I didn't immediately assume that the agent lied either. And, and they had had the policy for many years, right? I didn't go into that house and say, oh, your agent lied to you like that. That is not it at all. If anything, I was thinking maybe the situation changed, right? Maybe when he first got that policy, the idea of permanent coverage wasn't even on his mind. But as he got older and that policy is about to 
disappear and he's spending a huge amount on the premium. I can't remember, but it was quite a bit. I remember thinking like, this is going to just explode and leave you with nothing in a couple of years. It was like 18 months from ending. So I, you know, policy got canceled. I rewrote it. All of a sudden, like the agent found out through the cancellation of the other policy, it's like going around at the office of the other agency, like, oh my gosh, this guy's trying to take my client. Like, oh, and again, I was just trying to do my best service for that prospect, right? I'm going in as an expert, as what I know, what the client wants, trying to facilitate their needs. And it became a, a big ordeal. But the, the bottom line is I wasn't, I didn't do anything unethical when I went in there to try to steal the client, right? I was literally trying to help them with their needs. And to go back to my original point, if that agent had stayed in contact with that client, they could have easily rewritten it themselves. It would have been a very simple conversation. Oh, you want permanent coverage? Yeah, well, let's let's get you into permanent coverage. And they could have. So uh, again, it kind of goes back to my point. Like if the agent had initially done their job and stayed in contact with them, because it had been years and years and years and years since they had talked to them. But of course, the second the policy got canceled, all of a sudden they, you know, wanted to make a, yeah, oh, you're stealing my client. I want to make a huge deal about it. So, uh, and, yeah. and they ended up going back. They ended up going back to the other agent. And I'm pretty sure the other agent said that, you know, all sorts of things about me and what I was there to do and yada, yada. And I just remember being like, good riddance. Like I'm whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a um, couple of things pop into my mind. Cause yeah. I think, I think that's, that's, that's a very real situation that people that agents probably run into all the time right like i told the story before on here and i won't tell the story again but more or less what happened was um i went into a house took a client guy's client because i had the opportunity to because i could give him a better plan and the agent called when it called me called my office from the guy's house from his kitchen and had the client get past our front desk girl to get to me. And then as soon as he got to me, he took the phone from the client, started screaming at me, cursing at me, but the guy couldn't figure out how to get his client back. There was a very simple way to do it. I wasn't going to tell him. Um, I still have the client to this day. This was like seven years ago. Right. <laughs> I remember this story. And so I won't retell the story, but like I've had run-ins with agents where like, they're like, you son of a bitch, you know? Right, like, right, right. I'm like, that's exactly, yeah. That's exactly what that, my story was. Uh, that's but, exactly what it was. But this guy, but, but basically what I'm, what I'm getting at with this is if I run into a client and it's one of my downline agents, someone in my office, um, someone that I know personally, maybe I have a friendship with them. I have a relationship with them. I personally, and I don't, I don't mean an acquaintance, but someone that I know their name, that's not a friendship. Um, I will back off and I will ref, refer them back to the, to the writing agent. If it's someone in that scenario outside of that, if you've given me any opportunity to write that plan, I'm going to write that plan. And I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that because if I can, because I'm not looking at it from the standpoint that it's, it's not okay. Going back to the, to the analogy earlier, it's not like, do they have a boyfriend or girlfriend? Oh, they're going to be cheating. It, this, that, this isn't that world. You guys like this is a, the business world. This is a client customer consumer okay. world. True, true or false though. 
if you have a good relationship with your client, they're going to call you before they make any changes, right? hundred percent, 99% of clients. That's yeah. That's it. Yes. I, I think that's the bottom line for me is even if I were to try to make a change, if you do have a good relationship, they're going to call you before they go through with that change. Yeah, nine, nine and a half out of 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's really all there is to it. I mean, if the client is in a position to upgrade their coverage with me and they're willing to do it with me, there's something you could have done better as the writing agent. That yeah. is my viewpoint on it. Um, and I, you know, there's people and, and, and I want to, I want to preference my comments by adding another detail to this. There's certainly people in our industry that go in and they'll bash other people oh, to get 100%. sales. hundred percent. I don't condone that. Um, I've done that in the past as a new agent. I have people I didn't even know. I'm like, Oh, you know, I work with them. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've, I've I'm, I don't condone that. And right. I feel like that's a bad way to do business. You don't want to trash somebody else to get business. I try to leave the agent out of it altogether. I'll be like, well, I, I see, I see an area you can improve your coverage. Mrs. Justin. Right. That's where my mindset it should be at. And that's where your mindset should be at. And if you can do the client a service agent or not, I don't think you're a bad person for taking the business. Only reason that that agent got involved is because they got a cancellation notice Yep, from the carrier. The client never initiated contact to that previous agent. And I never said anything about it. You know, I was never like, don't call the, I, I never said it again. It was just like, this is what you have. This is what I could set you up with. What do you want? Okay, let's do it. And then, and I think, you know, how often do you feel like you should touch a client to have that relationship? Once a month, once a quarter, once a year. I mean, even once a year is probably above the average agent. So I'll, I'll tell you calling like, them once a year. If, if you're, if, if you're talking about a phone call, like an outbound phone call, we do once a year. Um, of course we're available year round if they call us. Right. And right. we return the call. But if you're talking about overall touches, we probably send three to four things in the mail every year, like birthday cards, go. Christmas cards, AEP okay. letters. So let's say you're at, five, you're at five right there. We send um, automated emails throughout the year. There's probably about seven or eight of those. To each Dave, client. We'll, we'll call it 12. You're at I mean, 12 so, touches so. on the year. That's once a month on average, right? Yeah. And and I, I saw someone say the other day, they're like, well, it's not realistic to have a, a 95% retention rate in the Medicare business anymore. I'm like, we do it every year. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it's not. And again, I think it's how you approach and what you do after this. I mean, I know call centers don't retain 95%. Right. Maybe they could if they change their practices, but the average call center is going to lose a lot. Yeah, but it it, it really is all about the touch. Like if you're touching someone once a month, any changes or concerns that happen, they're going to have this relationship with you where they're like, "Before I change my policy, before I agree to this other agent, let me call Christian. Let me see what Christian thinks about what's going on." And like Christian said, he's going to get back to them in a reasonable amount of time too. You know, his agency is going to get back to him. So it's the agents that disappear 
you're the ones that deserve to have your client replaced to so do the agent of record change. Yeah. You know, it, it, there are unethical, like you said, I mean, there is a whole other conversation to be had. There's people that come in and, and it reminds me of the Gary V quote where he says, you know, to build the biggest tower, you can either take down everyone else's buildings or you can focus on building yours, mm-hmm. you know, and long, long term, you can't really build anything long term if you're just knocking out other people's ankles. Yeah. You know, if, you're just, if you're just bashing people trying to build your business, it's, it's not a long term growth. You, you won't. You, it's not sustainable. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I, and it's it's a poisonous, I think, mentality. Right. That a lot of people fall into. They look at it like it's it's me versus you. I, I think another part of this conversation that needs to be had is in the Medicare space, particularly. Right. Because um, that's where I always revert back to. Right. But how much business there is per agent. I think it was Tony Merwin that came on and said with us on Taco Tuesday that if you if you distributed every single agent and, and everyone got an equal number of clients, every agent would have like 2000 clients. Yeah, like, I remember. We ha- yeah, I remember that conversation. There's plenty of business. There's so much plenty. business out there. You don't need to, you know, t- say Christian's losing his hair. And he's not very tall and he's ugly or, you know, you don't got to, you got to do that. Guy. You don't got to do that. You don't have to do it. I know I'm bald. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do that. But I mean, how many, I mean, but to your point, how many times w- w- did you as an agent, Glenn, go into a house and you'd hear from somebody and they'd say, I don't remember my agent's name. I haven't talked to them well, since the they signed me up. Major- yeah, oh. the vast majority, I would say they either never talk to them ever again, or it's been years and years and years since they've talked to them, or it was like a faceless transaction where it was a call center or they bought it through the mail, right? Something like that. Like the final expense mutual of Omaha cards where you literally, you know, check the boxes and send in your check and it's done. And I can also tell you too, guys, from the, uh, like the career side of it, if you were to reach out to Mutual of Omaha, Humana, I mean, any major carrier, Aetna, you know how many orphan policies they have? Oh, it's, it's insane. It's huge. And they don't have enough agents to assign internal agents. They don't have enough internal sales agents to be like, here's 5,000 orphan policies that we want you to manage and, and handle. Like there's, there's not enough. So I really do believe you guys, the vast majority of the time when an agent of record change or a replacement happens, you're most likely, it's most likely happening in good faith. It's most likely a good thing. It's the few times where something bad does happen and it gets blown up, right? It makes the rounds. People are talking about it. It's getting posted about, oh, well, this agent, so-and-so, I'm calling CMS. I'm calling the Department of Insurance. I'm getting President Biden on the phone because <laughs> this was not right. Like Karen, we get it, okay? Like Karen. Upset. <laughs> yeah. we get it, Karen. You're upset. But again, the reality is is that most likely the original agent didn't do anything to retain that client and that the prospect needs an agent to keep in contact with them. That's the vast majority of, of what's going on. That's really, if I were to, I feel like that's like my final thoughts on it, honestly. Like, I don't know what else to really be said. 
I agree. I think, you know, very well said. I mean, the other thing to keep in mind, guys, and this will be my final thoughts um, about how much business there is out there. I can't remember where I heard this and who told it to me, but I was somebody that's credible. So I feel comfortable repeating it that something like 75 to 80% of carrier new business every year is not through independent brokerage channels. And I believe that like 20 to 25% of a carrier's business comes from the, from agents, independent agents, right? The rest come from people calling into the carrier or their captive agents or whatever the case. Right. Right. Um, So if you really think about it, if you talk to 10 clients, 10 new potential clients, 10 prospects a week, there's a good chance that eight out of 10 of them don't have agents anyway. Um, I just feel like you're, I, I think, I think it's a really hot button, this topic for people. Um, cause Cause people lose, you lose a client to another agent and you feel like they stole money from you. Right? right. That's what, that's what these agents are doing. They're like, Christian stole my money. You know, like it's just not true. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's business guys. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think our industry has become in the last few years, um, very warm and cuddly and open to where we're, we're, you know, people are people that are far ahead are willing to reach down and help people below them. Like, unlike a lot of industries, but that doesn't mean we're to the point where it's kumbaya and we're at this, you know, uh, universal basic income kind of philosophy, like this capitalism, it's business. You got to do what you need to do to, for, to obtain clients in an ethical way, but also retain clients. Um, so that would be my final thoughts. Just do your best job it. as an agent. And um, instead of worrying about the one you lost, try to focus on getting maybe 10 new ones instead. Boom. Agent of record slash NBA playoffs. It's done. It's, it's done. done. Episodes in the books, you guys. All right, guys. Well, um, we appreciate all of you. Taco Tuesday Army. Um, and watch out as the summit gets closer because we might just have a live in-person Taco Tuesday, I hear. It's rumored. There's um, a rumor going around. So and, and live in-person Taco Tuesday. And if 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 I'm being honest with you, I have also heard it rumored that it will be the greatest Taco Tuesday of all time. Now, if you come to the summit and buy your ticket, you might even be able to watch it happen. You might even be able to get you might interact on the podcast. You might be given a microphone. You might be given tacos. There could be tequila. We don't know. There's a lot of things going around. There's a lot of rumors, misinformation, <laughs> misinformation, <laughs> fake news. <laughs> so stay tuned we're going to clarify there's going to be more coming on that all right guys well we appreciate you um as always leave us a five-star review on the podcast platforms if that's where you listen like comment subscribe on youtube and until next time we'll be back eat your taco sell insurance but in large volume